the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Why do I start the segment like that? Because I think the stock market is bananas. But you know what? It doesn't care about me. And my thought on it being a little crazy for a little too long doesn't matter. Now, the fact that I can quote a Gwen Stefani song, and I could actually tell you where that song, that letter B, A-N-A-N-A-S, Bananas. Um, it's fun to say. Try it. Try it. Try it. Try it. Um, a hollaback girl. And I know what a hollaback girl is, which makes me probably 1% of all people on the planet that knows what a hollaback girl is. Hollaback girl is a cheerleader. That's not the captain. She's not leading the cheer. She's hollering back at the cheer- head cheerleader. Why do I know this? I don't know. But the stock market is bananas. And I'm actually okay with that. Um, there's periods where we're too depressed, and there's periods where we're too excited. Warren Buffett referenced it in the quote about Mr. Market, or is it Mrs. Market? Um, just being moody. So it's a secret to being a good investor is knowing that the market can be fickle and moody. Every now and then I find myself looking at Warren Buffett quotes and going, he's right. Perhaps his most famous piece of advice ever was the concept of Mr. Market, which he kind of used from Benjamin Graham's historical advice book on the stock market. The Intelligent Investor. If you can get through The Intelligent Investor, I'll give you a dollar. Because I ain't no back girl. No, I'll give you a dollar because it's just incredibly inane reading for those who don't do what I do and love numbers. I love statistics. Yeah, I fall asleep watching baseball because it calms me. Numbers like, oh, this guy's 0 for 4 tonight, but he's a lifetime 300 hitter. There's a good chance he gets a good hit this segment, this, this at-bat. He hits it in the left field. I'm like, ah, that's comforting. Does anyone else go through that? But anyway, in 2012, at the Berkshire Hathaway annual meeting, Buffett proclaimed that chapters 8 and 20 of The Intelligent Investors, where we're, Mr. Graham first introduced the idea of Mr. Market. And Mr. Market is all you need to know to get rich in the world. Mr. Market is kind of a psychotic drunk, and he will do very weird things over time, and your job is to remember that he's there to serve you and not to advise you. And if you can keep this mental state, then all the thousands of prices that Mr. Market has offered you every single day on every business around the world, he's going to make some mistakes. Um, And it's moody. It gets aggressive. It gets passive. Um, it's kind of important that you get that. So when the market, I just, again, I hate to sound like a broke record, 
But I just looked at Apple again. It's up $18. And I'm like, seriously? Take a chill pill. Take it. I own you. Take a day off. You've earned it. Nope. Tesla up 55. 55 points. It's up 100 points in essentially two and a half trading sessions. And it ain't cheap. And anyone who's ever bought it has made money. There's no losers in the stock right now. Ain't that something? Apple's closing in at 500. It's at 491. What can mess this up? A lot. Um, but right now, Mr. Market's excited, and Mr. Market will be Mr. Market. So, but just play with that a little bit. Existing home sales surged in July by the most on record. If you're buying a home right now, you're paying more than anyone else ever has, in theory. And if you're selling one, you're getting more than anyone's ever gotten for that home, in theory. Uh, this is a market of winners right now. Uh, NASDAQ up 29, Dow up 89, S&P 500 up 3. I'm going to make a challenging statement. If your portfolio is not at an all-time high, you're doing something wrong. Now, again, you're like, Dow's not an all-time high. I don't know any of the Dow. I don't know anyone that does. I don't even think it's offered in 401k packages anymore. The S&P 500 is, then you get into mid-cap, small-cap, large. There are a lot of options, but very rarely does it say, do you want to own the Dow Jones Industrial Average 30, which pisses me off. You know why? My boss in television and I got into, like, a fight of rams. You know when rams are on the mountain, they got the big horns, they're, like, trying to push each other off the mountain? I don't know what they're trying to do. They're trying to kill each other, push each other off the mountain, the king of the mountain? I don't know. But when the Dow hit 12,000, he was like, you have to do a story about Dow 12,000. And you can go back and see when it happened, because the day that it happened is the day that I'm referring to. I said, I don't really want to do that, because no one owns it. And it's a stupid number that people are reporting on on CNBC and Bloomberg, and I don't get it. I'd rather hear about the Wilshire 5000, the Russell 3000. And I don't really like the S&P 500, because when you hear the S&P 500 doing well, it could just be Apple. Um, it could be Microsoft. Throw in Google, maybe a Starbucks. And you're like, oh, I, I, the large companies are, are pull, raking in the, the leads, so to speak. So get comfortable sometimes. And I, I know portfolio managers who are missing this market rally because it's too expensive. Do you put a, a bottom underneath it? You could. If you were to say if things fall 10%, I'm out. Because sometimes when things fall 10%, they tend to fall 15 20%. And then it goes 25%, and you're like, dang, I should have got out. Having rules is not going to upset me. Saying that the market is crazy ain't going to get you anywhere in my book. B-A-N-A-N-A-S, bananas. Okay. Back to school is going on right now, and there was a big breakthrough last night that it actually caused me to text CFP Chad Burton. He and I don't talk a lot. I'd say we've, we've even grown different in the years. Pretty different. But we still trust each other, and we still like each other. But I texted him, I was like, did you see that story on Pfizer hit the news tonight? He's like, no, what? Uh, they're going to submit for FDA approval for a vaccine in October. And so far, their phase two and phase three trials aren't turning people into snails. They're not causing people's skin to go from white to purple. They're not causing bloody urination that leads to defecate. Like, it's not dramatically bad. What's been leaked so far is 
slightly high fever for about 20% of the people taking it. But they've already said we've tinkered with the testing from phase one to phase two and three. And we're fixing anything that's like on those levels. October? Approval, maybe? And again, do I think the FDA should rush someone shut through? I don't know. I'm not political. I don't know. Because what happens if one person, and again, we, we pushed a drug through called thalidomide in the 1970s, and we didn't do enough testing, and that changed our FDA forever. There was side effects for women taking thalidomide for their labor pains. It made things easier. Think of it as a volume. It made things come out smoother. Um, but it caused birth defects and loss of life, and that ain't good when you're trying to get the baby out smoothly and you're not able to pull it off. And there's side effects. So anyway, the FDA, hopefully this is good news. I think you see where I'm going out with that. Pfizer's on to something, it appears. We'll see. I'm not optimistic. I'm not pessimistic. I'm just reporting it. You can find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. B-A-N-A-N-A-S, bananas. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Thanks for listening to the show. I do truly appreciate it. Um, Me and my producer sometimes during the show will laugh about stocks and when I just did that segment on bananas, he kind of made fun of me. He's like, that was entertaining. And he wasn't, he was, it was entertaining, but yeah, I'm getting worked up about it, which is kind of cute. You get the idea where we're going out with this. But Tesla, every time I look at it, I'm like, is that right? Is that right? Okay, Tesla is now up 55. It's up roughly 3% sitting at 2057, which stops me in my tracks and I go, who solved the mystery of the stolen Tesla? Sherlock Holmes. But I'm sorry. Did you hear about the Tesla driver or the Tesla owner in jail? He was charged with battery. Oh, ho, 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 ho. I'll be here all day. What did Peter Parker say to Elon Musk? With great power comes a great electricity bill. What did the Germans call a Tesla? A Volkswagen. Why do blondes, and I love blonde jokes, why do blondes like the Tesla Model S? Because it's easy to spell. One more, one more. I got one more for you. What did the German boy say after pushing his brother out of the Tesla? Look, mom, no Hans. Uh-huh. I, I, that one doesn't make sense. Oh, no hands. He's driving a Tesla. It's a self-drive. Do you remember when we bought Tesla on the idea that it was going to be a self-driving car? Now we're buying it because it's an electric vehicle. They still got that self-driving thing in it. They still have the really cool um, video screen in it. It's still a nicer vehicle, per se, than a regular old sedan. But it's, it is what it is. Oh, oh, I got one more for you. I got one more for you. Don't worry about it. There's two reasons I don't take my girlfriend on long drives in my Tesla. Long drives in the Tesla is the premise of the joke. I'm setting you up here, Okay. They have a model, a range of 250 miles or something, right? That was a big concern that we got over. There's two reasons I don't take my girlfriend on long drives in my Tesla. One, 
I don't have a girlfriend. And two, I don't have a Tesla. That's all I got for you. Um, only 10% of the world's population can afford a new car. I kind of find that statistic interesting when we're starting to talk about a Tesla. Because for me, I've been looking at not new homes. I've just been looking at, like, I'm in a small home in the Bay Area. I know you're saying 1,600, 1,800 square feet. That's small for the rest of America. But when you do it in quarantine with a Vishla, 0111011, my dog, is like a child. And then you throw a child in and a spouse in, and it's too much. So I'm looking for like more square footage, and um, I just won't do it. There's things I won't pay for. I won't pay seventy, eighty thousand dollars for a car. I just won't do it. I'd rather have a nice pickup truck that I could actually functionally use, whether it's taking soccer balls around town or picking up mulch for the yard. I know you're saying you're a gardener. Didn't see that one coming, Black. My last name's Rob Black, so I could call myself Black. Please do not contact management. My family was a military family, and everyone called each other by the blast names. So my friend, his, he had the unfortunate name, like uh, Steve Tolliver, Tolliver. He said, hey, Tolliver, come here. Um, but I had a friend whose last name was Moron. <laughs> Not a good name to be called. So this is interesting. I, I like evolution. I really, really do. I often complain that colleges need to evolve. It's a, a very old business model. It just got pricier, and it didn't really evolve. But same thing with grade school. I'm like, I find it weird that we put 20 to 30 kids in a school, and we try to teach basically 16 of them, and two of them are really smart, and they could use more education. Two of them are really slow, and they could use more hand-holding. But I have the same concepts when I look at McDonald's and Taco Bell. You know these, these restaurants that have seating for 25 people, or let's say they have 25 tables or 20 tables or 15? I don't get it anymore. I didn't get it back then. Like, who wants to sit there on a plastic table with a plastic chair and it smells of grease? No. I'd rather be eating my delicious nuggets in my car. So the first Go Mobile Taco Bell location won't be open for a couple months. But Taco Bell, man, if you want to look at innovation, they do it. Oftentimes, I say the two areas that innovate the most, believe it or not, are the pornography industry and Taco Bell. Taco Bell got seasoned in spices, and they went crazy with them. Dorito Loco Tacos kind of thing. Uh, Crunchwrap uh, Chipotle. Like, they, they go crazy with, like, we didn't know we needed it. Pornography was always pushing the envelope on how to deliver it and get paid. So, like, Blu-ray was a thing where it looked better. And, again, I'm just talking about the technology. LaserDisc, they did that, too. They, they figured out, like, we could do that. They got the internet in a pay model long before Amazon. So of delivering their content and getting people to pay for it. The Taco Bell is interesting for me. They're setting up new stores now. They've designed them. And basically, they got two drive-thrus. And demand for drive-thru right now is at an all-time high. And they've cut the seating on the inside so it's smaller. So they can accommodate both the two drive-thrus but also the fact that people don't really want to belly up to a table and chomp on their crunch wraps right then and there. They're paring down their menus. They're making mobile easier and faster and faster service. We've all been in a situation where we're like, oh, I'm going to get off the highway. I'm going to stop and, uh, oh, the line's too long, McDonald's. Get back on the highway. We've all been there. 
I like curbside pickup. I like the idea of uh, being a bellhop employee. If I could tell my kids, like, go get a job at Taco Bell or McDonald's and you're going to walk a lot and if you be exercised, yeah, there's a little bit of that. But I'm not going to get too much caught into that. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. What's happening? What evolution are you seeing? Drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com. That's rob at robblackshow.com. I'm Rob Black. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. I'll try not to turn into a yuck fest, but what do you call an iPhone that's not kidding around? Dead serious? I think I'm going to stop right there. Um, yeah, I'm going to stop right there. Know your audience. Um, 800-516-1220 if you ever want to call the show. Just get to the point. Um, I'm pretty mean to callers at times, but when I'm mean to you, it means I like you. When I'm mean to you and you're saying, should I buy Apple now? I'm like, I, great question. Why didn't you call five years ago when I was pushing in 10 years ago kind of thing? And if you want to buy it, I'm not going to get mad at you. Um, one, more, one more Apple joke because you're asking for it. Why won't a blonde take their iPhone to the bathroom? Why won't a blonde take their iPhone to the bathroom? Because they don't want to give away their IP address. Oh, that one fell flat. What do you call a Scottish iPhone? An iPhone. Or maybe that's a pirate iPhone. Okay, I'm going to change that one to pirate. I'll try that again tomorrow. And again, I don't do a show tomorrow, so enjoy. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Markets are essentially higher today. I thought last night we're going to get excited because Pfizer said we're moving to phase two, phase three, hardcore, and we've looked at some of the data, and we're pleased with the efficacy of the drug as well as the safety. Now, again, I haven't seen that report, and it's a PR press release, but wouldn't it be nice if we can say, hey, get a shot at Christmas? And go back to school in January, maybe February. I don't know. I have no clue. Apple's up 4% today. And when you're a $2 trillion company, that's like seeing the big, heavy, 400-pound guy going into a Chinese buffet and clearing it out. You're like, no way he could eat all that. And he does, and he asks for more. Chinese buffets are kind of dead now, aren't they? You know what I was surprised about? I recently saw a foot massage place. They're in business. I was like, how is that in business? Because where I've been hiding out, there's not a lot of foot massage places. Anyway, um, business activity surges to early 2019 levels. That's an economic statistic data point that I don't talk about ever on this show. And when I do, I'm trying to make a point. If you don't need to know something, I don't tell you. If I want you, to, I'd rather teach you very basic, simple concepts. 
U.S. business activity snapping back to where it was early 2019. Business activity is like how many um, cargo ships are out in the bay, how many docks are, are loaded. How that to me shows business activity. It shows you manufacturing. It shows you the private sector output. It shows you that uh, when you're getting back to that early January level of 2019, that's way before COVID. And you're like, oh, that's a little bit more normal. Client demand, consumer demand is, is driving it right now. Is it great? No. But are we getting better? Yes. And with a vaccine potentially in sight, should you get excited? I can't answer that. I'm never excited. Like, I'm just never excited. When, you know, the, the sugar bugger deliver has a baby and you're like, oh, look at that. Cool. Good job. That's my emotion. High five. High five that one. I don't get excited. I don't get greedy or fearful. And that makes me a good investor. My father was a raging alcoholic. He was in the military, did two tours in Vietnam. And in my belief, the military kind of breeds alcoholics because they hang out together, they party together. Not party, but like there's officers clubs, there's enlisted clubs. Like that's kind of a thing. But when you have an alcoholic father, he, he, he never hit us. Sometimes he'd batter us, but he never fried us. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. I know you're saying child abuse isn't a funny. You're right. You're right. But my dad did more psychological stuff, so I didn't. I, I hid my emotions. If he saw that I was happy, he'd mess with me to take my happiness away. So I never showed him that. Weird, right? But that makes me a very good investor. Um, anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. A judge has denied Trump's bid for a stay of subpoena in Manhattan's DA tax records case. This is going to be fascinating. Can we see his taxes while he's in office or after office? Um, it's breaking news. Will Trump quit? A lot of people in the political circles think he may quit versus looking less than a billionaire, or maybe he's used his businesses and hidden things from the U.S. in the taxes. Oh, boy. So that's a big story today. American Airlines is halting service to 15 smaller cities after federal aid runs out in October. I told you that was coming. And layoffs are as well. Lyft is allowed to continue to operate in California. Um, there's going to have to be a compromise on this, and I don't know what it is. I'm not involved in writing bills. I'm not, I'm not that smart. But Lyft and Uber really, really don't want to reclassify drivers as employees. And back when Bill de Blasio did it in New York, they said, okay, fine, we'll leave. London did the same thing, and they, cooler heads prevailed, and they tried to figure out, you're kind of skimping on your taxes, and you're kind of skimping on your benefits for an employee, and we protect citizens. We're government. <laughs> That's what our government does. They protect us. But Liz said in a blog post it would suspend service in California, but they got a decision that they can still continue to operate until August 25th to file written statements agreeing to expedited procedures required by the order. Um, 80 to 90% of Californians who earn on app-based platforms will lose the opportunity. So I've got a friend who did Uber Eats for a while, Grubhub. He had no loyalty. Quit it pretty quickly. It didn't stick. He didn't like it. He didn't feel he was getting enough care. He didn't feel it was compensated correctly. 
either by the people he's delivering to or by the company he's working for. But there's a lot of Californians who need that, that paycheck. <coughs> and I'm good with that. If I was a stay-at-home dad and the house is clean and the kids are fed and if I had 10 o'clock to 2 o'clock to kill, I wouldn't be watching soap operas. I'd be doing some Ubering or Lyfting or something. You get the idea. Retailers are combating the surge in online counterfeit goods. That's an issue. I've never understood people who need uh, luxury purses. I just don't get it. I think I've bought one luxury purse for a sugar booger in my life once. Out of ideas. And I felt bad about it the moment I did. I'm like, why did I just pay $900 for a purse? Or A lot of women are laughing at me right now. You can't hear it because it's radio. But a lot of women are like, $900 for a, a luxury purse? You got you got counterfeited. I'm like, did I? <clears throat> is that like catfished? Yes, it is. Um, Amazon and eBay still have problems trying to verify, you know, sellers' information. So what was the point of this? Oh, retailers are doing their best at this point in time. But you know what retailers are also doing right now? A lot of them are going out of business. And that should remind you of the problems of our economy. Um, if you're able to deliver, you're golden right now. If you can't, you're in trouble. There's going to be a tidal wave of vaccine news, but there's also going to be a tidal wave of retailers that close. Struggling retailers are rushing to file for bankruptcy. And... <clears throat> It makes sense. Sporting goods change models. They filed for bankruptcy. If you have to go to a mall, I'm just not into it, unless I can pay someone to do it for me at Instacart. J. Crew, Neiman Marcus, J.C. Penney's, they all filed. I know you're like, Neiman Marcus? You're probably not like that. Maybe you're like J. Crew. Some, one of those names has to surprise you. The Paper Store, bankrupt. Brooks Brothers, gone. Lucky Brand, bankrupt. I think Lucky Brand makes the uh, jeans. Does that sound right? Blue Kit Company or Meal Kit Company, Blue Apron. Online furniture retailer Wayfair. They're at risk of defaulting on their debt. Wayfair was in trouble a couple of years ago when the Trump administration said, let's take small children from their illegal immigrant parents who've tried to cross into our borders and let's put them in basically children jail. But let's get them some cute beds to sleep in because we're not animals. And Wayfair was selling a lot of furniture to these detention centers that house children. And Wayfair employees were like, that ain't cool. So the employees went on strike and, and said, you need to drop this government contract. Now they're at risk of losing their jobs because of bankruptcy, unservicing debt. Thousands of brick-and-mortar stores, and I'm talking about big ones. CFP Chad Burton talks about the small ones all the time. I'm talking about big ones. Um, Steinmark, Ann Taylor, Essentia, Pier 1, going out of business sales. It's a thing. You can find me online at Rob Black Show. Twitter, Rob Black Show. YouTube, Rob Black Show. By the end of the year, I'm hoping to start a project that will, how shall we say, refresh all those properties. Um, I'm not going away. Yet, although as I'm getting older, I'm, my priorities are changing. Hopefully yours do too. 
800-516-1220. Drop me an email. Tell me how much you love me this weekend, how much you love the show, how much we've made together during COVID. Holy mackerel, this market is bananas. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com or robblackshow.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Um, I miss live music so much. And I recently saw a big trend now is as football stadiums and baseball stadiums are shut down, they're doing concerts in parking lots. And I love the idea. And I actually saw it done correctly with social distancing. And I'm digging it. I'm like, I'd do that. Now, I've made some bad jokes this hour. And I want to finish with some bad jokes. Because this is what I do for a living. And you gotta got to go with me. One of my favorite stocks is Visa. It is everywhere in my mind. Are you with me? You've known about Visa when you were a little child. You knew about Visa MasterCard, American Express. You knew about it. You, you saw Diners Club. You're like, who does is Diners Club? Someone does. But this one may be a little blue. This, this segment may have a blue joke in it. Um, so stick with me, okay? Why didn't the man report his credit card, his Visa credit card stolen? Why did the man not report his Visa credit card stolen? Because the thief was spending less than his wife. Ta-da! Oh, God, that was good. Oh. Um, now, how do you stop a bull from charging? You take away his credit card. That was a little bit better, right? Um, if we were going to talk about companies like, uh, I could do another one of uh, Tesla. Uh, who do you call when your Tesla runs out of, of electricity? No, no, no. See, I can't do that one. Uh, what do you do if your fo- toe falls off? You call it the tow truck. I like simple. I like simple. When um, I wanted to name my kids Danger and Trouble, because I thought it was the greatest pickup line ever, you can go into a bar and you could say, hey, my middle name's Danger. You want to talk? And she goes, your name's not, middle name's not Dana. And you pull out your ID and you get it is. And it's an icebreaker. I love the idea. Because I think names like Robert are stupid. I, I, I think there's 12,000 Robert Blacks in the world. So I always had to come up with a different pickup line. My pickup line, because I'm a money guy, was your body's name must be Visa. Because it's everywhere I want to be. Uh, see, that's the blue joke that I tried to slip in there. I don't know. I'll just be quiet. But I do like Visa. If I'm talking about a company, if I'm making jokes about Apple or Tesla or Visa, they're big names that everyone knows, and you kind of get the idea. I try to make it relatable. I try to make everything relatable on this show, Um, within reason, because I think Wall Street has an uncanny ability of making you feel like a weirdo who knows nothing. Uh, My producer was talking about, I'm up 5% this week. I bet that never happens again. I said, it will. After a week, we were down 50%. And it's kind of true. Of He is grateful for what he got this week, I believe. But it's been very strange for portfolios. Um, we'll see where we are next week. We'll see where we are next year. I look at investing as a marathon. And hopefully you start in your 20s because it, it makes finishing easier. Um, a lot of the best portfolio managers that I know um, I'm not great with the, like our distance runners. I'm not great with the portfolio managers that are, say, like wrestlers. 
they're used to getting juiced up and like cranking out, beating it down, smacking it and going forward. I like the distance runners. I used to run six miles, and for some reason I haven't recently in the last two years. I've kind of backed off the running as I got older. I used to run six miles probably four or five times a week. And maybe that's why I'm not running anymore, right? But for me, it was great because that first mile, I'm like, okay, I got five more to go. And I could start planning. Same thing with investing. If you start in your 20s, you can go, okay, break everything down into five-year periods. I need to have $10,000 before I'm 30, Rob Black says. Actually, I'd like you to have ten to 40000 And because CFP Chad Burton has recently said retirement's going to cost more, I'm going to have to go back and revisit that statement. Am I being too generic? But if you can get $10,000 or $40,000 by the time you're 30, listen to what $40,000 does. By the time you're 37, it's 80000 And you have to do nothing else. By the time you're 44, 10000 becomes 20, 20 becomes 40, 40 becomes 80. 40 becomes 80, 80 becomes 160, 160 becomes 320. So you can see how important it is in a 28-year period to get the difference between 10000 and 40000 So 10 to uh, 20. 20 to 40, 40 to 80. So 10 becomes 80 over a 20-year period. But now let's do 40. 40 becomes 80. 80 becomes 160. 160 becomes 320. 320 versus 80, that's a big difference. Getting started earlier is huge. Are you with me? Against me. It's a civil war, and you need to choose a side. i got to rethink that joke now. Everything that I used to think was cute, I need to rethink, is the Civil War, can I make it cute? I don't know. 800-516-1220, get your calls on the air. Warren Buffett, I used to say you can eat at that buffet all day long of knowledge. The Buffett indicator is called in Wall Street circles about what the legendary investor thinks about if the market's overvalued or not. You divide the Wilshire 5,000, because that's the total stock market, you divide it by the annual U.S. GDP, and it's its highest level now since before the internet bubble crash in 2000. Am I predicting a crash? No. Would I be surprised if it happened? No. I, I, I pay a little attention to Buffett. Usually that number's right around one. Again, it's the Wilshire 5000 index divided by the annual U.S. GDP. It's at 1.7 right now. And a lot like earthquakes, the higher you deviate from 1, 1. 1.1 is much bigger. 1.2 is way bigger. 1.5 is crazy. The derivative there is is where you start going, that's crazy and rampant. Hey, anyway, listen to the show. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thank you.